steal, and Puss with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you as we open the 2021-2022 season. The Red Storm open it with a bang as they absolutely hammer Mississippi Valley State 119-61. to It's a 58-point win for St. John's in their season opener as I think a lot of us expected and hoped and predicted it would be uh, when you look at the 44.5 point spread that this game went off at. Uh, St. John's absolutely just dominates this game literally from the opening tip as Posh Alexander takes the opening tip and lays it in to give St. John's an early 2-0 lead about 5 seconds in and uh, the Red Storm really never, never looked back from that point on as they win it by 58 in this game. Um, listen, my main takeaway, obviously, you know, you're not going to take a whole lot out of this game in terms of of how the Red Storm looked. Of course, they were going to look good. Uh, in my opinion, this was really like a, a third scrimmage or a third exhibition game. If you look at all the metrics, Mississippi Valley State, I believe, is the lowest ranked Division One school uh, by Ken Palm. I think that they're like 359 out of 359. So this is just about the worst team that you could possibly play while still playing a Division One opponent. So, I mean, with all that in mind... You know, this is still an, a, a, an impressive win for St. John's to just take it from the opening tip off, basically, and just dominate this game. Uh, never really look back. And to be honest, it looked good that the offense really flowed for me. There was not a lot of one on one. The Red Storm had 30 assists in this game, 30 assists on 45 main field goals in this game, which is exactly what you want to see. Uh, the offense seemed to really flow. The defense, you know, w- w- was was good and bad at times. Uh, they still forced, I believe, 19 or 18 turnovers in this game. So they, they did what they wanted. But it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't really a, you know, forced turnover, get out and transition and score basket. Obviously, there was a lot of that when you're playing a team like Mississippi Valley State. But I felt like a lot of the St. John's points uh, came in the half court, you know, came came, you know, in, in a set offense, which they struggled with last year. So it was good to see them uh, really do a good job of that in this game. Again, against a team that is very, very bad, but still it was, it was an, it was an impressive job uh, with that. Julian Champagny scores 20 points, uh, shoots eight of 14, had a little bit of an issue there in the second half, early in the second half with, I think he had a cut on his finger. Uh, the announcers, I think, scared a lot of us to death. If you were watching this game on TV by saying it was the same wrist that he had surgery on the offseason. Turns out it was just a cut uh, or so it seems. So hopefully that's not anything serious. Uh, you know, it was his usual game. Dare I say it was a pretty quiet 20 points for him. He had one little stretch in the second half where he kind of exploded for like eight points in a few minutes. But other than that, it really wasn't, you know, a dominant 20 points for Julian Champagny, which again speaks to just the, the type of player that he is, that he was able to put up 20 points and he really, you know, didn't seem like he ever had to take over this game at any point, obviously, as, as St. John's and cruise control the entire way. Uh, The most impressive performance for me, though, was Posh Alexander and his 18 points and 7 assists. 
posh, you know, the, the biggest question mark, I think, for this team and this offense, or one of the biggest question marks, was how is Posh Alexander going to shoot the three ball? You know, was he going to shoot the three ball like we saw early in the season, early in conference play, or was he going to shoot the way that we saw him shoot, you know, in late January, early February last season uh, when he was on fire from downtown? And tonight, it was more of the latter. As he, as he scores the 18 points, like I said, uh, goes four or five from three-point range. Again, a lot of those shots were really wide open, but he's going to have a lot of open shots. When you look at who he's on the court with, Posh is going to have his open three-point looks. If he can make those and if he can, you know, you knock those down a 35% clip, which is not, you know, Steph Curry range, as the announcers mentioned, that's not, you know, asking him to be Steph Curry. If Posh can shoot, you know, 35% from three-point range this season and, you know, make that a, 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 threatening part of his game, it's going to mean a lot for St. John's. And, and he was that tonight, obviously going 4-5. St. John's as a team uh, shot 52% from three-point range. They were 13 of 25. And uh, as a whole, on field goals, they shoot 69% from the field. So obviously, again, based on the opponent, uh, things were going to come a little bit easier to them. But still, that was impressive nonetheless. And how about Tariq Coburn? You talk about shooting the three ball. A guy that had a just a, a very, very smooth jump shot, it looks like, to my in my opinion. Uh, shot three of five from three-point range. Had 13 points, like I mentioned. Shot five of eight overall. I think that he could end up being really the X factor for this team. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about him, in my opinion, in the summer and early in the fall. Then, you know, you looked at the way that he played in the exhibition game. You looked at the stat sheet and how he played, I think, with 15 points in the scrimmage against Rhode Island. And then tonight, uh, you know, in in the first real game for St. John, scoring the 13 points, shooting five of eight. Coburn could really, really be a deadly, deadly weapon for this team off the bench uh, if he can continue that. And, you know, St. John's has lacked that knock down, you know, dead on three point shooter to come off the bench and just, you know, dominate and, and, and really crush teams off the bench from three point range. Maybe Tariq Coburn can be that uh, this this season for St. John's and tonight was really a good step forward for that. Joel Soriano had a big game as well. 11 points, 13 rebounds, had a pair of blocks. Um, you know, Joel is going to dominate a team like this where he's, you know, basically the biggest guy on the floor at all times. Uh, it was really, you know, men against boys at some point, uh, at some points in this game. He only shot actually four field goals, went two of four, uh, got to the line eight times though, and made seven of those free throws, which is something that you really like to see. You know, Soriano, you would assume is going to be shooting a lot of free throws this season. He goes seven of eight from the line. You know, that, that's not really based on the opponent. You know, they're not playing defense on free throws. So him shooting seven of eight uh, from the line is an encouraging thing for me as well. And how about Omar Stanley? Uh, 12 points and six rebounds and three assists for him. Uh, shot a perfect six of six from the field. You know, I mean, just everyone obviously looked good in this game and you know that's really not surprising as St. John's was a 45 point favorite uh, going into this one so you know, you have to be impressed, though. Uh, I liked the rotations. I liked that Anderson was able to get really go 11 deep again in the first couple minutes of this game with, you know, uh, Nwaye and Stanley and Wheeler and Pinzone and even uh, Dylan Adewusu and uh, Tariq Coburn coming into the game. You know, they, they, they went six deep on their bench basically in the first couple minutes again, which is what you want to see in these non-conference games. You want to see St. John's going 10, 11, 12 deep 
seeing what everyone can do, seeing you know the matchups and the, and the different type of combinations in the front court and the back court that they like playing, getting more and more comfortable with every single combination playing. That's what the the preseason or, or you know the early season is about. That's what these games are about, getting comfortable with playing with each other. But to be honest, it really did look like St. John's was relatively comfortable. Uh, you know, again, you have to account for the opponent, but it did look like they were relatively comfortable this whole game. The one thing that needs to be cleaned up is the 18 turnovers or the 19 turnovers or 20 turnovers. Oh my goodness. 20 turnovers for St. John's in this game. That can't happen. They had a lot of turnovers in the scrimmage. They had a lot of turnovers in the exhibition. Uh, they've been very, very sloppy with the ball on offense so far this season or, you know, so far in this preseason and now this this regular season. Uh, they need to clean that up. You know, that's not going to fly when you play a team like Indiana in eight days. You've you got to clean up the turnovers. So that's something that you would hope that they are able to do. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think that there was really any like awkward moments with this team on offense. Again, you account for the opponent. I'm going to keep saying that because it it, it had, needs to be mentioned. Just the, the talent uh, difference here. It was you know between St. John's and Mississippi Valley State, but it did not look like there were any moments when St. John's really struggled in the half court. They played a really strong half court game. I felt like a lot of movement. Uh, Julian Champagny was phenomenal moving without the ball tonight. So all in all, uh, you know a successful first game. You know, and you're going to take away, too, that, you know, it is impressive that St. John's really put their foot on the gas, you know, put their foot on the on really on the throat of Mississippi Valley State and didn't let it off at all in this game. You know, there was never a moment when, you know, it was an 8-0 run or a 10-0 run for Mississippi Valley State. You know, this game literally from the opening tip-off, you know, within the first five minutes, you said, okay, this is a wrap. You know, I, I like that. I do like that they didn't play around at all. You know, they didn't, you know, this game wasn't 21-15 at the, you know, under 12 media timeout. No, like this game was a blowout from the opening tip-off. And there is something to be said about that. Again, I know the opponent, but we've seen how many St. John's teams have we seen over the past 5, 10 years, 10, 15 years that St. John's has has been, you know, 36-29 at halftime against a team like this. You know, it, it just it happens over and over again. So to just go out and dominate from the opening tip off, to me that's encouraging. Uh, we'll see how much it means when they play their first real game, in my opinion, over the weekend, and then their first real, real game uh, next Wednesday night against Indiana. But for now, that's a really, really successful start to the season, and we'll see how they're able to build off of it against uh, against St. Peter's uh, on the weekend, and then against Indiana next Wednesday night. But I'm going to welcome on now uh, another guest to this program, a guest who's been on, I think, for the last, this is his third season now. It's our guy, CT. Uh, he's come on plenty of times, uh, one of my favorite guests to have on, and he's going to help break down uh, this game and give some of his, his thoughts on the big St. John's win over Mississippi Valley State. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by my guy, CT. He comes on. He joins us for, I believe, a third season of coming on after games, breaking down games. CT, how you doing tonight? Hey, Troy. How's it going? Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm becoming a veteran now, third season in. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, thanks for having me on. Always always appreciate it. Definitely. And we, we open your third season, and St. John's open the season with, with a bang. Obviously, they win this game by 58. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit hard to really get some solid takeaways from this game when you look at the level of the opponent. But your main takeaway uh, from this dominant win for St. John's? I think definitely the offense is the biggest takeaway. Um, you know, putting up 119 points mm-hmm. in college is just a really big number. Mm-hmm. Um, the way St. John's plays, I think they're, they're kind of, you know, predicated on scoring a lot of points, getting mm-hmm. out, transition. But, um, 
you know, 45 made field goals tonight, 13 threes made, uh, 30 assists on uh, 45 made baskets. Yeah. I mean, the ball is really moving. Um, really great transition play. I thought, you know, the team played unselfish basketball. You know, a lot of extra passes being made for mm-hmm. open shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Julian, I thought, looked great, which was great to see after he had the, you know, the wrist surgery. Um, Posh also, his three-pointer looked really good. Yeah. Um, the new players look good as well. So I think all around, um, you know, first game, you know, I think the competition obviously isn't that great. But just, you know, it's good to see them actually, you know, take the game seriously and kind of... Um, you know, take their opponent seriously. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good start to the season. You know, good first win. Yeah, and and there were moments in this game, I think, when they looked a little out of sync on offense, maybe. But I mean, for the most part, they looked like they really flowed well. And like you mentioned in the half court too, if if the stats I'm looking at are correct here, they only had 26 fast break points. I felt like the half court offense was like light years better than we've seen last year. Again, you you account for the opponent, but I thought that they really really played well in the half court you know getting open shots like you said making the extra pass uh what was your takeaway with that definitely you know i think julian um you know julian really had a great game just kind of um you know getting shots that you know kind of open or you know creating for himself a little bit Mm -hmm. um you know posh i see here he had he had three threes Mm -hmm. uh Oh, four threes, four yeah, and five four. And three, which is, you know, that's really great to see after last year. Mm-hmm. You know, his first year he kind of struggled shooting the ball. Um, you know, it's good to finally see him, you know, hit some shots like that. Uh, it's going to open up the offense. Um, I, actually, I like Soriano, uh, you know, with the rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's finally good to get a, you know, from him, I don't think we really should expect too much as far as, like, offense and creating his own shot. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he can clean up the glass and offensive rebound and, you know, be a factor on the basket. I think that's going to be really good for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let's let's talk about Posh a little bit. He had the 18 points, seven assists. I uh, was a really good distributor in this game. Had the three turnovers as well. Uh, but as you mentioned, four or five from three point range. That, in my opinion, I said this in the open. I think that's really the X factor for this offense. Is what type of a three point shooter is Posh Alexander? Is he going to be a guy that can shoot, you know, in the high 30s and the mid 30s, or is he going to be kind of what we saw at the beginning? And, and middle of last year, really, uh, before he kind of went on that hot streak. Uh, you know, y- your thoughts on, on Posh's game and obviously his his three-point game. No, I agree with that point for sure, definitely. Um, I think it's going to be really important for him to be able to be a respectable shooter. You know, like you mentioned, I think kind of in that ballpark of like a 33% to a 35% three-point shooter would be um, really beneficial for the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's the guy taking off the ball and you know distributing the the offense and setting everybody up. So, um, you know, if defenses can respect his three point shot, I feel like that's going to open up the offense for um, everybody else. You know, Julian especially as well, because he's going to have a lot of attention this year. You know, being the best player, but um, you know, definitely if Posh could make that three point shot a consistent uh, shot in his arsenal, I think. The offense is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were talking uh, off air a little bit about, you know, Tariq Coburn, who had a phenomenal game tonight. I felt like 13 Definitely. points, three of five. You talk about, you know, the floor opening up for a guy. It, it feels like forever that St. John's has had a, a shooter that can be, you know, consistently knocking down uh, three pointers, you know, especially, you know, with without the ball in his hands, really, you know, just being ready to shoot and, and knocking down threes. I said to you, I felt like he's kind of everything that we thought Vince Cole was going to be last right. year uh, you know your thoughts on Coburn's game tonight and his outlook for the season I'm, I'm very um, very high on Coburn's play um, I know we were, we were uh, messaging during the exhibition game as well mm-hmm. um, you know just seeing him being 6'5 
being a bigger guard. I think the the main difference from last year's roster to this year's roster, if you look at the perimeter size, like you had Greg Williams was kind of undersized. Yeah, Rasheem Dunn was a little undersized as well. If you look at the perimeter this year, um, you know Steph Smith's a little small, but he can really shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at Montez Mathis, six four. Terry Coburn, Coburn, six five, and Pinzon, I think is about six six. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really big increase on the perimeter as far as you know the defense goes. Just having like longer, lengthier um, perimeter defenders. And with Coburn, you know, I really like the three point shot. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really clean release. And if he could be a knockdown shooter, um, kind of you know filling in a role next to Julian Aposh being that guy as you know the knockdown shooter and also being a good defender. St. John's needs those guys. You know they need. They need guys who can fill a defined role in between the two-star players. So, you know, it's very impressive tonight. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes going forward for them. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, let's talk, too, a little bit about the front court. You know, you mentioned Soriano with his 11-13 and 13 tonight. Um, Omar Stanley had 12-6. and six. Aaron Wheeler with 6 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. I, I just I feel like the front court is, is just so much drastically improved, not only from last year, but really from anything that, that I've seen as a St. John's fan and over a decade as a St. John's fan. You know, you had Soriano a couple times just playing, like, strong defense, not getting pushed around. I just feel like, you know, outside of those three guys, like you mentioned, there's so many guys that can grab a rebound and then get out in transition way more than they've had in the past. Definitely. You know, I saw Wheeler tonight. He was grabbing and going from getting the rebound on defense and then pushing it up the floor mm-hmm. um, for nice transition opportunities. Um, you know, Soriano was, I think he had double-double tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11 and 14. Yeah. 11 and 13. Um, you know, we St. John's in the past just needed guys who could, who could rebound and kind of be, you know, a factor around the basket. But yeah. I actually, I actually really like the the kind of trade off that uh, they have in the front court. Like you start Soriano, he's kind of the bruiser, rebounder, and then uh, you sub in Wheeler, and he's more of the perimeter option. He can shoot a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, he can take guys off the dribble, but he's also a versatile defender as well in the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that trade off where you know we're going to see going forward now probably in Big East play, and then we got Indiana and Kansas coming up. Uh, you know, Anderson's going to have to go to, you know, he might have to go to some of those lineups where it's more versatile to kind of match up the with the opposition. Yeah, and Wheeler, it looked like, was was defending, like you mentioned, you know, 20, 30 feet away from the basket, it seemed like tonight. Yeah. Just, yeah, like you said, so much versatility uh, for this front court, uh, for, for them in the front court. Let's talk, too, about the back court. I mean, they, they opened tonight with Posh, Mathis, and Smith. Um you know, I, I thought that they kind of mixed it around a little bit. You saw Pinzone running point. I believe Smith ran point a little bit as well. You know, like what type of backcourt combinations do you want to see more maybe, you know, in terms of what we've seen so far? Uh, and, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, how they can kind of mix it up in the backcourt? Yeah, I think I think Anderson this year has the options to, you know, kind of be versatile and do what he wants. Mm-hmm. Um like I like again. I like. I really like Coburn. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a, a bigger guard at six five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually like pretty shocked with his athleticism today. It took. I think he took someone off the dribble and he tried to dunk it on them. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I he could play in like three guard lineups. I think because um, we can slide Julian down to the four a little bit, um, a little bit more as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think Steph and and Posh is maybe a little undersized, like as far as like facing some of the bigger backcourts, but. Like for right now, I think it's really good because Steph could shoot could uh, shoot pretty well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Math is like six four as well. So um, I think Anderson has opportunities to go like with whoever he really wants to go with. But um, I think like you mentioned before, like the size upgrade on the perimeter is something that really sticks out to me. Just having longer, lengthier defenders and and you know players who can really get to the rim and and kind of you know crash the glass as well. 
And two, I mean, how many times last year did we did we say, you know, you really can't play Posh and Rasheem Dunn together because it's just right. it's just two guys in, in your backcourt that, that are not a threat to shoot threes. You know, Posh being a good, a consistent three-point shooter is big for this team, but I mean, Steph Smith can hit a three. Uh, as you mentioned, Coburn can hit a three. I think Pinzone, if he gets an open look, I'd feel relatively confident in him shooting as well. It just feels yes. like there's way more options for guys in the backcourt to hit shots than they had last year. I know it's it's tough to compare last year's team to this year, but it just feels like there's way more options in the backcourt. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's definitely a lot more options this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're and we're expecting a leap from Posh, where you mm-hmm. can kind of shoot in that 33 to 35 range, mm-hmm. that's going to open up the offense a lot more. And um, yeah, no, I just think like noticeably different is just the, the size and the perimeter is just really, really like to me it stood out as far as like them guarding. They were hounding the opposing guards defensively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting up and down, you know, shoot open, really like a lot of open looks for three, like really, really open um, that I was impressed with. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the guard rotation is going to be interesting to kind of keep up with. You know, we didn't even mention Dylan Husu came back tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like a, I don't know if he had a foot procedure or something mm-hmm. uh, in the offseason, but he, I thought he looked really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a, a big factor whether he starts. I don't think he's going to start, but just going to probably ease him back in. But I think he's going to. You know, be a guy who finishes games like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's another guard who's versatile and can handle and shoot a little bit. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does as well. Do Do you think they'll go, uh, in your opinion, or do you think it would be worth it to go – 10 11 deep you know as we get more into the thick of the season you know against me better non-conference opponents like indiana like kansas and then in big east play i mean do you see them kind of going towards that you know 10 11 man rotation or do you see some guys maybe like nawaye and, and maybe omar stanley kind of getting cut out of that rotation yeah i think for right now like just you know playing like a decent amount of bodies is, yeah you know probably good just to ease the minute load mm-hmm. um especially for julian and posh they're gonna be they're gonna be playing heavy minutes this year uh-huh. um you know i know last year we really discussed like all the time like we kind of wanted to see julian and or posh be on the court at all times just having one of them mm-hmm. um i think that's gonna be important going forward mm-hmm. I, like right now i don't really think so but if they play kansas and, and indiana going forward i think they probably will have to keep one of them on the floor mm-hmm. just as they're both really, you know, really good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be the main question. You know, can the bench, if Anderson elects to play a whole bench lineup, you know, can they withstand a run or could they, you know, keep the leads um, from slipping? I think that's going to be an interesting question, but I think in Biggie's play, I think he'll probably, probably narrow it down. It's like nine or 10. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, I do think that it is, impressive and it speaks to the depth of this team that uh, again we haven't really seen them against real opponents but there I don't know if there's a lineup right now even without Julian and Posh on the court that you would say like man where's the scoring come from you know like I, I just feel like there's always guys on this team that can create that maybe they didn't have last year they didn't have two three four years ago you know where there's like a lineup where you're like I don't know who's going to score on this lineup to me they they seem like they have enough depth that any combo of five guys that's on the full floor, floor, whether they want to play big, whether they want to play small, they're always going to have options to score, it seems like. Right. You know, last year, the shooting was definitely the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the accommodations Anderson had to play had a necessity mm-hmm. um, just because of lack of depth. But this year, you know, he's got options. So if he wants shooting, he can go with that. If he wants perimeter defense, I feel like he's got options with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if he wants to play bigger, I think he can do that as well. So I just think he's got... He's got the options this year where he can kind of match up based on the opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know it's only the first game, but I just feel like just looking at the roster and, and the fits, 
who's playing with who. I think he's got that kind of you know that kind of outlook where he can he can pick and choose who he wants to go with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely, and in eight days, this team plays at Indiana in Assembly Hall. Uh, what what do you think needs to get better for this team what what needs to improve from what you've seen in the in the exhibition from what you saw tonight you know give me one thing that you need you think needs to improve uh eight days from now when they face their first real opponent um i probably think the turnovers like tonight they had 20 turnovers yeah Mm. um that's what i was thinking um that was pretty excessive i think yeah i don't know how much they had in the exhibition but it seemed like they turned the ball over a lot Mm -hmm. um you know i think taking care of the ball because you know indiana you're playing on the road Taking care of the ball and you know having extra possession is going to be you know really big for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say the turnovers and probably um, like kind of seeing which lineups Anderson is going to go with mm-hmm. based on the opponent. You know, Indiana. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if, if uh, you know we'll talk about like a preview, or whatever for that. If you're going to do a preview for that game, but Trace uh, Jackson Davis mm-hmm. uh, is an NBA prospect. Yep. You know, he's a big, uh, big guy inside. So I feel like. Um, you know, Julian and Wheeler and Soriano are going to really have their hands full with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, you know, the front court's going to be uh, something I'm keeping an eye on in that game. And then Kansas as well, you know. Uh, okay, Baje was really good tonight. He's, yeah. Um, you know, really good wing. So I think Julian and Coburn and probably Mathis will, will be guarding him. So, um, you know, I I'm looking forward to the non-conference. I know that's kind of gotten like a little bit of criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the preseason, but Indiana's going to be a really good team. You know, Mike Woodson's a really great coach. You know, he coached with the Knicks. Um, and then Kansas as well. Kansas is always, is always really good, and I think they have a really solid squad this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So I think St. John's going to have opportunities in the, in the non-commerce to really, um, you know, to really pick up some wins and kind of see where they stack up. Yeah, I think they got to get one of those two games. I think that they really got to take care of business against the teams like they're going to play tonight and then figure out a way to win one of those two games. And then I think, you know, you go into to Big East play, whatever it be, 9-1 and one or 10-1, and one, I think that I think that'd be a successful non-conference in my opinion. Definitely. You know, I think so too. I think if they take one of them on the, like, if they take the, the either the Indiana game or the Kansas game, mm-hmm. they'll be in good shape. You know, Pitt lost tonight, I saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> They lost a bye game today. Yeah. So that would probably be a, a bad loss if St. John's lost to them. But that's uh-huh. also that's in the garden, I think. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be good. So yeah, if they go was a nine and one, mm-hmm. eight and two, I think they'll be they'll be pretty good in the night to set up for for Big East play. Yeah, and then and then we get into the run of Big East play, which should be a very competitive uh, conference this season. CT, thank you so much, man, for uh, for coming on. You know, I always appreciate having you on. Season three, you're officially a veteran, so uh, yeah. you know, you know, well, well, you're an upperclassman now. So uh, thank you as always, man. Uh, we will talk to you, I'm sure, at some point, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, uh, tell everyone where they can follow you as well. Definitely. No, thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it. Always a great time coming on talking uh, St. John's. Um, you guys can follow me at CT Fazio twenty four on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you guys want to see all my Nuggets tweets you know, coming <laughs> up, but I'll be tweeting Nuggets and St. John's. I had a couple of tweets tonight. It was just the first game, so I didn't really tweet that much. But um, yeah, so I got uh, a couple articles coming out too on CrownHoops.com. Uh, pretty soon so yeah you just follow me CT Fazio 24 definitely definitely be sure be sure to follow CT and CT thank you man and uh, have a good rest of your night thank you Joy you All too right. alright thanks once again to our guy CT 
for coming on and breaking down the Red Storm's season opening 119-61, to a 58-point win for the Red Storm over Mississippi Valley State. St. John's is 1-0 on the season. They will play St. Peter's at home over the weekend on Saturday before going on the road to face Indiana on November 17th. That's next Wednesday, 9 o'clock game. Uh, I will be here with a immediate recap of that one. Uh, I'm thinking of potentially doing a pregame for that one as well. Uh, if I can figure out how to work Twitter spaces, I think it's called. If I can figure that out, uh, I will probably have some sort of a pregame thing on maybe around like 8 or 8.30 before that game tips off in the, in the Gavit games uh, from Indiana. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, just to tie a bow on this, I mean, the one thing that I did not hit on on the interview or on my open was the starters playing almost this entire game. I believe Julian and Posh are still in this game with like five minutes to go. That was a little bit of a question mark for me. Uh, I personally would have basically sat those guys after after the first media timeout of the second half. I mean, there was no real reason for them to play, but, you know, it could be said that, you know, you wanted them to get kind of in the flow, uh, you know, with playing with some of these new people pieces, you know, the only way that these guys are going to get used to playing on the court together is to have them on the court together in real game experience against other teams. So there is an argument to be made as to why they were still in that game when it was a 50 point game in the second half. But uh, I I just wasn't a fan of it. I just think you're opening yourself up to unnecessary injury risk with that. But again, I can see the argument as to why they were on the court. Doesn't seem like either one of them uh, were banged up at all. So kind of no harm, no foul there. But we'll kind of see how Mike Anderson kind of manages the minutes now going forward in non-conference play. You would assume that St. John's has a few other games like this where they just blow a team out. You know, they do have some kind of laughers on this schedule. So it'll be interesting to kind of see if Anderson kind of keeps this up with playing his starters deep into the second half in these games that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 point leads against some, you know, cupcake opponents. So we'll we'll definitely see about that. But uh, yeah, I will be back next week with a recap of the St. John's versus Indiana game in the Gavit games, the Red Storm's first real test of this season. Thank you so much uh, for listening if you still are and yeah uh, a good win for the Red Storm and a good start to the 2021-2022 season thank you again to CT for coming on and breaking it all down and as always let's go Johnny's